This program is brought to you by CreamCityUSA.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bill Stern with the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, is on the air. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, with stories rare. Take his advice and you'll look keen. You'll get a shave that's smooth and clean. You'll be a Colgate brushless fan. The 444th edition of the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Our guest tonight is the former heavyweight champion of the world, Jack Dempsey. But first, real one. Here's sensational news for shavers. A terrific money-saving offer on Colgate Shave Cream and Eversharp Schick Injector Razor. Listen, for only 89 cents, Colgate offers you, one, a genuine Eversharp Schick Injector Razor whose retail value alone is $1, two, an injector with 10 blades, and three, a large-sized tube of Colgate Shave Cream, either Colgate Brushless or Colgate Lather. And you get all this for only 89 cents. Right. Men, here's your chance to get the ideal shaving combination at tremendous savings. Imagine, only 89 cents buys you a genuine Eversharp Schicht Injector Razor, the world's only razor that changes blades automatically. As Bill said, its retail value alone is $1. You also get an injector with 10 super keen, super smooth Eversharp Schick blades. Retail value, 49 cents. And to top it all, there's a large-sized tube of Colgate Shave Cream. Take your choice. Colgate Brushless or Colgate Lather. In one combination package, you get everything you need for swift, smooth, comfortable shaves. And it costs you only 89 cents. Yes, sir. Colgate offers this outstanding bargain to prove that no cream tops Colgate Brushless or Colgate Lather for shaves that are slick, sweet, and free of razor scrape. Whether you prefer a brush and you try Colgate Rapid Shave Cream or you choose the convenience of Colgate Brushless, you'll find this. Because they're light and finer textured, Colgate shave creams completely surround, soften, and support each bristle better than greasy, heavy creams. Your razor doesn't skid or slip, but when you use Colgate Brushless, it cuts through clean and smooth. Try it tonight. Reel two. Portrait of a drunk. How many times have you seen a drunken man stumbling down the street? Or maybe you've stood in a bar and heard something like this. Hey, bartender. Hey, bartender. Give me another drink. Give me another drink. Sorry, mister, you had enough. I ain't selling you no more drinks. Why not? I ain't drunk. I want another drink. Just another drunk? Well, maybe. But did you ever stop and think why he's that way? Let's take a typical story and see what makes a man that way. We know how the story ends. Let's see how it begins. It begins like most stories. A youngster growing up in a city, and like all youngsters, this boy loved sports. He loved baseball. He was good enough to get a tryout with the Cincinnati Reds. This was his great chance, and the boy more than made good. In fact, he was so good that the Cincinnati Reds offered him a contract. But on the day he was to sign that contract, he disappeared. For several days, this boy was missing. And then, one day, a scout for the Cincinnati Reds finally did find him. Hey, kid. Yeah? Hey, what in the world's the matter with you? You try out with our ball club. We offer you a contract, and you disappear. Don't you want to play big league baseball? No, I don't. I've decided I don't want to be a ball player. I want to be a prize fighter. And so this youngster threw away a career in the big leagues to become a prize fighter. He became a good prize fighter, too. So good that he became the heavyweight boxing champion of this world. Now his name was a household word. He was famous. Money began to pour in. And as it poured in, he began to throw it away. He began to drink. First, it was champagne to celebrate his success. 
Then it became any kind of liquor. He didn't seem to care what people said. The more they criticized him, the more he drank. One night, he showed up for a fight in Madison Square Garden, so drunk that he couldn't lift his arms. And then... Then, one day, he lost his championship. He didn't seem to care. With what little money he had left, he opened up a saloon. When that failed, he opened another, and then another. And his great boast was, I can drink any man under the table, and I can lick any man alive. He could, too. But then, then one day, things began to go the other way. His fair-weather friends deserted him. His girl ran away with another man. He was all through. Washed up. Finished. Broke. That's the story. The story we began a few minutes ago of a drunk standing in a bar room. A drunk who was yelling, Hey, bartender! Hey, bartender! Give me another drink! I want another drink! Ah, no, no. This is not an imaginary story. Uh Uh-uh. This is the story of one of the greatest fighters of all time. For the story that you just heard was the story of the former heavyweight champion of the world, the great John L. Sullivan. That's not the end of the story either. No, one day when John L. Sullivan was standing in a bar room, an elderly man walked up to him and said, So you're the great John L. Sullivan, eh? (laughs) You can lick any man in the house, eh? Well, I think you're nothing but a drunken bum. Take that! And that! Now what are you going to do about it? John L. Sullivan didn't do a thing. He never lifted a hand to strike back. And when his friends asked him why, he said, That man who just struck me was my father. John L. Sullivan never took another drink as long as he lived. Instead, he became an ardent prohibitionist, traveling all over the land, preaching against the evils of drink. And he lived to see liquor made illegal in America. For on the day that the National Prohibition Law was passed in Washington, that was the very day on which John L. Sullivan died. But before John L. Sullivan did die, he met a young boy. He advised this boy to become a prize fighter. The youngster took his advice, and I don't think that youngster ever regretted it. For that youngster was Jack Dempsey. Jack Dempsey who was later to become America's most famous heavyweight champion. But like John L. Sullivan, Jack Dempsey's road was not an easy one. But like Sullivan, Jack Dempsey had to battle his way up to the top. And there were many times when he must have felt like quitting. One time in particular. Jack Dempsey was fighting in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. He was just an unknown prize fighter in those days. This night he was alone, broke and hungry. When a traveling vaudeville player staked him to a meal. And it was this vaudeville player who gave Jack Dempsey new hope. For as the two of them sat in a dingy restaurant, it was the vaudeville player who said, Look, kid, don't be discouraged. I saw you fight tonight, and I know someday you'll hit the big time. Take my advice and don't quit. The man who said that was Jack Benny. But Jack Dempsey was destined to meet other men who were someday to be famous. For one day in Baltimore, he took on a kid in an exhibition boxing bout. Dempsey had little trouble beating that boy, and because of the beating that that boy took, he never did become a prize fighter. But I don't think that boy was ever sorry that he didn't become a prize fighter. For you see, that boy that Jack Dempsey beat was Babe Ruth. But perhaps the strangest experience that Jack Dempsey ever had came after he won the championship. 
for Dempsey after he did win the title was in such great demand that he made a personal appearance at New York's famous Palace Theater. At this theater, Jack Dempsey was to give a boxing exhibition with a sparring partner, but that sparring partner was so fast on his feet that all during the first show, Dempsey could hardly reach him. Dempsey tried his best to keep up with his new sparring partner, but the newcomer was just too fast on his feet and he danced out of Dempsey's way. After that first show was over, Jack Dempsey called that new sparring partner into his dressing room and said, Listen, buddy, you'll never be a fighter, but I never saw anybody as fast on their feet as you are. Now, if you got any sense, you'll quit trying to be a fighter and use that footwork of yours to become a dancer. I never saw such footwork in my life. That sparring partner took Jack Dempsey's advice and did become a dancer. Today, he's the most famous dancing teacher in the world. His name is Arthur Murray. But the stories about Jack Dempsey are legion. He was one of the greatest heavyweight champions that ever lived. That's why tonight, that's why tonight I'd like to present Jack Dempsey with a sterling silver plaque. A plaque that reads... It reads... To Jack Dempsey. To Jack Dempsey, a man whose unselfish devotion to sports has endeared him to the heart of this nation. Ladies and gentlemen, the next voice you hear will be Jack Dempsey speaking in person from Hollywood, California. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jack Dempsey speaking from Hollywood. And to you, Bill Stern, back in New York. Thanks for this plaque. I have it in my hands, and it's beautiful. I will treasure it as long as I live. And I was glad to hear you pay tribute tonight to John L. Sullivan as a great champion. That he was. But Rian, speaking of great fighting champions, let's not forget the name of Sam Lankford. In my book, he was one of the greatest. Not only was he a great fighter, but when his career was almost over, he won the heavyweight boxing championship of Mexico. But the amazing part of this story is the fact that when Sam Lankford won the heavyweight boxing championship of Mexico, he was blind. This is Jack Dempsey in Hollywood, California, returning you to Bill Stern in New York. Thanks so much. Good luck and good night, Jack Dempsey. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight you've heard strange stories out of the boxing ring, but I cannot close this broadcast without telling you the strangest story of all, a story of boxing that goes back over 300 years. For 300 years ago in England, although boxing was very popular, there was no British champion. However, there were two British heavyweight fighters who seemed to be the best. Their names were James Figg and Eli Wilkinson. And since both claimed that championship, it was decided to have them fight each other, and the winner would be declared the champion of England. And so it was on the 16th of June in 1720 that James Figg and Eli Wilkinson faced each other in a fight to the finish. It was a vicious fight, with James Figg finally the winner. In fact, Eli Wilkinson was beaten so badly that he had to be taken to a hospital. And in that hospital, an amazing discovery was made was discovered in that hospital that Eli Wilkinson, who had just been fighting for the heavyweight championship of England, was not a man at all. He was actually a woman, a woman who'd been masquerading as a man to fight in the ring. Her real name was not Eli Wilkinson, but Elizabeth Wilkinson. When James Figg heard that the Eli Wilkinson he'd beaten for the championship of England was Elizabeth Wilkinson, a woman, he was astonished. However, from then on, whenever he fought, his staunchest supporter was the same, Elizabeth Wilkinson. In fact, these two became such good friends that after they had known each other for a year and a half, they were married. And that's how the strangest story in boxing history comes to an end. 
A story that saw two fighters fight for the heavyweight championship of England, only to have those same two fighters become man and wife. For one of those fighters was a woman. And that's why today, that's why today in a little churchyard in southern England, where James Fig and his wife are buried side by side, you can still read this inscription on his tombstone. Here lies the body of James Fig, the heavyweight champion of England, a champion who won his boxing championship from his wife, Elizabeth Wilkinson, in the strangest boxing match on record. <laughs> Portrait of the past. Real three, Arthur Gary. Money doesn't talk. It shouts value on this great 89-cent offer on Colgate Shave Cream and the Eversharp Schick Injector Razor. Imagine, only 89 cents buys you one, a genuine Eversharp Schick Injector Razor, the only razor with the automatic blade changer with a retail value alone of $1. Two, an injector with 10 super keen, super smooth Eversharp Schick blades that change automatically. This is a retail value of 49 cents. And three, a large-sized tube of lighter, finer-textured Colgate shave cream. Your choice of Colgate brushless, or if you prefer a brush, Colgate lather. It's the perfect shaving combination for fast, clean, comfortable shaves. And it's yours for only 89 cents. Hurry, this money-saving offer is limited. Tomorrow, buy your 89-cent combination of Colgate shave cream, the Eversharp Schick razor and injector with 10 blades. And now... Back to Bill Stern. That's the 3-0 mark for tonight. Next Friday evening, we'll be back same time, same stations, when our guest will be the light heavyweight champion of the world, Mr. Gus Lesnovich. See you then. Until then, I'll be seeing you on the screen in the News of the Day newsreel at your favorite Lowe's or Associated Theaters. And now until next Friday night at this very same time, this is Bill Stern wishing you all a good, good night. Bill Stern, the Colgate-shaped man, is on his way. Bill Stern, the Colgate-shaped man, had lots to say. He told the tales of sports heroes, the inside dope he really knows. So listen in next Friday night, C-O-L-T-A-T-E. The latest article on sports by Bill Stern, entitled Incident Over Kansas, appears in the current issue of Sport Magazine, now on sale at the nation's newsstands. The Bill Stern show tonight came from New York and Hollywood. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. This is Ajax. Join us again next time for comedy, music, mystery, and drama on CreamCityUSA.com.